0: Welcome back. Good to have you. The Bill Michaels Show. We continue on. Thanks so much for hanging out with us. We certainly appreciate it. And uh, looking forward to a lot of our great sponsors taking us out to Las Vegas this year. One of them being Veterans America. And uh, they are believing in own the land that you've defended. If you are a veteran military member or family member, call James at 262-745-3333. 262-745-3333. We will see everybody from Veterans America out in Las Vegas. When we head out there for the uh, Super Bowl this year, we'll be live from Radio Row. And thanks to Veterans America, the Water Doctors, our friends over there at Cane & Cane Jewelers, also Northern Lights Photo and Event Studio, Quick Trip, and Pella Windows and Doors for all their support, sending us out to Vegas uh, and being on Radio Row again this season, which will make our, what is it, 12th or 13th season in a row and a 17th overall. So good stuff from Veterans America. And James is there to help you. Call them, 262-745-3333, 262 745 33 33 now taking a look around the rest of the nfl as we start to make our way towards the postseason our buddy mark schofield from sb
1: nation mark how you doing pal i am doing well it's great to be with you bill It's always nice to chat ball with you and happy new year my friend
0: you too hey are you going to be uh in vegas this year
1: um probably not probably not going to be headed out to vegas although you know, things can change on a whim, um, and if I do get the chance to go out there, believe me, I will be on the first flight out of town to get to Vegas because I would love to see this
0: one. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, the, uh, that's the, the this is supposed to be this year. We had COVID when we were in L.A., and it was just starting to open up, and but you didn't get a lot of people, especially the older Hall of Famers. They didn't want to come out because of the fear of COVID. Then last <laughs> year, there was quite a few people in, in Arizona – and they started to come back out, but from what we heard from a lot of the representatives was, well, we're going to really make next year a big one because everybody wanted to go to Vegas. So my assumption is Vegas is going to be like off the hook kind of crazy. So we're, we're really looking forward to it. Uh, I want to talk to you about playoff football because there's a lot of questions. Give me your thoughts right now. Let's start with the AFC. Uh, you've got uh, Lamar Jackson, who is playing at an MVP level right now. Is there any better team in the AFC than the Baltimore Ravens?
1: I don't think so. I mean, given what we've seen from this team the past two weeks, you have two marquee games, right? You get the sort of, quote-unquote, Super Bowl preview, MVP Bowl, whatever you wanted to call that game against San Francisco. And they go out and really control that game. It was a dominated win against the 49ers on Christmas night. Then you have the sort of top seed in the AFC Bowl, whatever you wanted to call that game against Miami, and they blow them out too. And Lamar Jackson in those games, seven touchdown passes, no interceptions. I mean, this is the best team in the AFC right now. But the caveat is, look, things can change. We've seen the Ravens during the Lamar Jackson era before come in top seed 14-2 and and then lose in shocking fashion to the Tennessee Titans. So, you know, certainly there's a lot of football left to be played. Now, there is a team that could make their own case in the final game of the season, and that's the Buffalo Bills because, you know, maybe it wasn't pretty against the Chargers. Maybe it wasn't pretty – against the new England Patriots this past weekend, but they're a different team than they were just a couple of weeks ago. And they're doing it in ways beyond just Josh Allen. And this is a fun little fact. When's the last time Josh Allen threw for over 300 yards in a win. It hasn't been since I think September or October, they've been winning with the run game. They've been winning with defense. They can win the division on Sunday night. Now, the interest thing with Buffalo is they can also be eliminated from the playoffs this weekend. There's a scenario <laughs> or a couple of scenarios where they don't even get in. But if right. they do, and if they have a home game on wild card weekend, that's the two. And then if they see, you know, the three seed or, you know, the six seed or however things play out, they might not see Baltimore until the AFC championship game. So I think it is right now Baltimore, but Buffalo, they could make the case that they're one of the best teams in the AFC or they could be watching it with the rest of us.
0: Who has the best home? Is Buffalo, Kansas City, say if Cleveland gets there, who's got the best home field advantage in the AFC?
1: I mean, Kansas City does have a very good advantage at home. You know, that's a a raucous environment. You know, Buffalo certainly with the weather factor, you know, the the Bills Mafia, they do get up for games. I think they would have a very good advantage, you know, if they get the chance to play two of their games at home. Baltimore is a tricky one, you know, because, you know, I live here in the, the D.C., Maryland area, and sometimes in January, you might get a 55, 60 degree day, and it could be beautiful. Sometimes it could be 32 and sleety and rain. That's what we're forecast to get this weekend. So, you know, if you get a game like that with this Ravens offense that can beat you on the ground with a defense that can get after you and create turnovers, that could certainly give them advantage. But I think those are the three teams that come to mind. You know, Cleveland might. You know, have an opportunity to make their case but they're probably unless something crazy happens they're playing the bulk of their games on the road.
0: Uh, I want to ask you By the way we were talking with Mark Schofield from SB Nation the uh, the Dolphins they got smoked and they can they were considered to be the the best juggernaut of speed that's out there on the field right now and Baltimore just blew their doors off now we know Tariq Hill has been down with that bad shoulder and if he's completely healthy then that changes things but what the hell happened to the Miami Dolphins where their speed was so negated by just a, 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 a backyard brawl, so to speak, or a back alley brawl by the uh, Baltimore Ravens.
1: Mike McDonald. And uh, we've been talking about him all season long on the Ravens defensive coordinator, and he's been masterful this year. And I know I've said it before. I'll reiterate it. When we get deeper into this month, when we start hearing about coaching vacancies, don't be surprised if his name is mentioned as a potential head coach. Now look, he's, he's just started out, you know, here with his NFL journey, but he's been so good against a number of different offenses this year. You think about what they did to San Francisco. You think about what they did to Ben Johnson, you know, and the Detroit Lions a couple of weeks ago, and now against, you know, Mike McDaniel. I mean, those are three: Kyle Shanahan, Ben Johnson, Mike McDaniel, three of the like offensive geniuses of the NFL today. And look what he's done against those offenses. They do so much in the simulated pressure world, where as a quarterback, you get to the line of scrimmage, you set your protection, you think you've got it sorted out, you know, or at least you think, you know, where the pressure is coming from. And then it completely gets flipped on you. They do such a great job at rotating coverages at the snap and really making the quarterback work through reads and try to diagnose what they're doing. And he's doing it with players like Kyle Van Noy, who were free agents, you know, just a couple of months ago. And, it's a, been a very impressive run from this defense, and you look at what they've done, some of the offenses they've you know, really held in check, and you start thinking about who they might play down the road, you know, it's hard to see an offense that they're going to struggle against. And so it comes down to the idea, do you think Baltimore can beat themselves? And yes, they could, but that defense led by Mike McDonald has been so good this year.
0: I wanted to ask you about the, the quarterback issue uh, that they're having out in Denver where they're going to sit, uh, obviously, Russell Wilson. What is your take for him for next year? Is there going to be a team that's going to step up and say, we want to take him on and that we believe he's ready to go? Or, or, I mean, I've seen articles that have said that, you know, look, Sean Payton has just basically bullied him out of town. So what, what do you think happens in Denver?
1: I mean, I do think that we're headed to a world in which Russell Wilson is playing somewhere else next year. And I think if you start looking around the league, you know, you'll see a number of teams that have quarterback questions headed into next year, you know, a name, but uh, a team that has come up in recent days, that that people have said, you know, could be Atlanta's spot is Atlanta. You know, the, the Desmond Ritter situation doesn't seem to have worked out and it looks like they were going to go into the quarterback market at some, in some way, whether it's draft or free agency or trade or something, that could be a landing spot for him. You know, would the Raiders entertain that? You know, the, there's obviously going to be a financial decision to be made by these teams because it's not going to be cheap. And you know, all if Wilson would be willing to restructure a deal or something like that. But I think he'll be playing elsewhere. Atlanta comes to mind. You look at the Raiders and their situation. That could be a landing spot. But it does look like this is over in Denver.
0: What is what is the big rift between him and Sean Payton? Because I, I, we saw Sean Payton just unload on him on the sidelines. Is it just the fact that he just believes that Russell Wilson doesn't have the mental capacity to, to, to really handle his offense?
1: I think it's more – you know, obviously, Sean Payton, and again, I have never sat down with Sean Payton, never had a meet with him, never you know, shared a drink with him or anything like that, but Sean Payton supremely believes in that his offensive system is going to work, and it's going to get quarterback. He's going to get the best out of quarterbacks, and is going to lead to victories. Russell Wilson never really seemed fully comfortable in that offense this year, and Russell Wilson has always been a quarterback that likes to freelance, that likes to create offers structure, that... If it's not, if that first read isn't there, or if that first look isn't comfortable, or he doesn't like the way it feels or what he's seeing. He likes to bounce to the outside and create off of structure. At this point of his career, though, he's not the Russell Wilson of 20, you know, 13, 2014 when he was younger, and can create more explosive plays. It's, it's not as much of a strength as it was as he, when he was younger, and so. When you've got a coach that believes in a system and then you get a quarterback that likes to play off of structure and outside of a system, you can see when you get a situation, like on Christmas Eve night, when he was sacked five times and a number of those sacks were due to him pulling his eyes down, pulling the football down, when he wasn't even pressured yet, I think that's when you're starting to see frustrations boil over. And so I think it was a situation where you have a coach that firmly believes in a system, a quarterback that sometimes likes to freelance, and here you go, a situation that looks like it's headed towards a divorce.
0: Uh, of all the teams right now, you look at a Cleveland team that uh, has clinched, but they're not the top dog in their division because of Baltimore. You've got Buffalo, you've got Indianapolis, Houston, Pittsburgh. Uh, hell, uh, those teams with the, the capability of getting into the postseason and doing damage, who scares you the most? Is it Buffalo? Because that's what everybody talks about. If good Josh Allen shows up, he'll smoke you. Or is it, say, that defense and the Cleveland Browns and what Joe Flacco is doing? Or maybe, uh, you know, a guy like uh, you, you got uh, C.J. Stroud down in Houston who's just had an incredible rookie season, and now that he's back and healthy, they feel like they can make a run. Who scares you the most if you're one of these top four teams in the AFC and you've got one of these wildcard teams coming into your place?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's Buffalo followed closely by Cleveland. I mean, with Buffalo, you get that potential, you know, Josh Allen heater type game where like we saw against the chiefs, he's fallen out of balance and still completing passes. He's, you know, pressured in the pocket, can't step into a throw, but still throw an absolute frozen ropes. You could get that kind of situation where, you know, Josh Allen goes into say M and T bank or goes into another place or has a home game, but, you know, has that kind of performance and, they just win a game on his right arm. But you've also seen in recent weeks an ability to win the defense and ability to win with their run game. So I think Buffalo is scary. But you mentioned that defense. I mean, you, you think about a scenario where, you know, there's basically they're the five right now. They go into Jacksonville, the Cleveland Browns do, say, assuming Jacksonville still wins that division. We've seen that team beat Jacksonville in recent weeks. And then you get the you know, the storybook situation of Joe Flacco going into Baltimore to play the Ravens at M&T Bank, and while that will get the headlines, that Browns defense against Lamar Jackson and company, that could be the kind of situation where that offense sputters a little, and then Joe Flacco might not play a perfect game, but he's seen everything a defense can throw at a quarterback based on his years in the league. He's probably seen everything that Mike McDonald would want to throw at him that, that there's a path here for the Browns to get to an AFC championship game. So I, I think generally speaking, the Buffalo Bills look like the scariest team that you wouldn't want to see as a favorite, but the Browns have a path to the AFC championship game. I think.
0: I want to ask you about the NFC now, and you've got the Chicago bears coming into town. A lot of question marks about the bears, whether or not they hang on to Justin Fields or they trade them away. Do they bring in another quarterback just for competition? Uh, And then the Bears are coming into Lambeau Field with really nothing to lose. They're just trying to knock the the Packers out of the contention for the postseason. Give me your thoughts on Justin Fields and what the Bears end up doing.
1: I mean, could I see a world in which, you know, maybe change offensive coordinators, but besides, look, you know, we could trade out of one. And there was reporting yesterday that, the potential package for a trade for the first overall pick would be better than what the Bears had to give up, you know, last year. You know, what the Bears got last year, excuse me, for that Carolina pick and that trade. You could see a scenario where they say, look, we could get a bunch of draft capital at this point. We could add a Marvin Harrison and a couple of offensive linemen and really load up around Justin Fields. But I think given them now that we're sort of still wondering, still wondering about Justin Fields, and you're sitting there with the top overall pick, if you're polls and you like one of these quarterbacks, you stay and you take You know, if you like Drake May, if you like Caleb Williams, if you like Jaden Daniels, I think you're at this point where you stay and you just draft that quarterback because you're still wondering about Justin Fields. Could they go the path where they trade out and get an extra first rounder for next year and kick the decision down the road another year? Maybe, but I think it's far more likely that, They move Justin Fields, maybe Atlanta, maybe the Raiders, two of the teams we just talked about. You get that second or third round pick that was discussed in the reporting yesterday. And, you know, maybe if you want to use that as part of a deal to come back up in the first round or something like that for a different player, sure. But I think given everything that we've seen, they go quarterback if if they like a quarterback at one.
0: Uh, real quick, and we'll kind of go rapid fire around this, but uh, give me your thoughts on what has happened to the Philadelphia Eagles, a team that was on top and has now lost, what, four of their last five? I mean, they've, just, they've looked terrible.
1: Yeah, I, I think a lot of it is structurally on the defensive side of the ball. They've done such a great job adding a defensive front Carter, Davis, Nolan Smith, and players like that. Linebacker and safety, though, that sort of stem spine of the defense is where they're weak right now via injuries and personnel and things like that and you think about what they've seen from them what the plays they've given up in recent weeks whether it's the Niners whether it's the Cowboys a lot of it is attacking sort of that area of the defense you think about even the Giants game where Slayton had that 76 yard touchdown he was working against the safety so I think structurally on the defensive side of the ball those are issues of course there are rumblings about you know unhappiness with Sirianni and things like that so maybe there's other stuff going on But that's where my mind goes first, Bill. The spine of their defense is an issue.
0: Real quick, uh, if you're a Dallas Cowboys fan, how nervous are you over the next couple of weeks? Because you got to go on the road where short of a couple of blowouts, you're only averaging about 16 points per game. And you've got Washington, which is not a good football team, but it's one of those teams that could throw you off. And then they have not had success in the postseason. So everything leading up to this moment really doesn't mean too much until Dak Prescott gets a couple of wins and gets them at least to an NFC championship game.
1: I think that's exactly right. My dear friend, R.J. Ochoa, he and I and my friend J.P. Acosta, we do a show Monday, Football Monday at SB Nation, every Monday. He's a Cowboys fan. He's very nervous right now. And it starts this week. As you said, they have not been a good road team. They're going up against a team in Washington on the road that has nothing to lose, that would love nothing more than to ruin their start to the new year. So would it be a crazy scenario if Dallas somehow loses that game and ends up the five instead of the two? No, it could certainly happen. But at some point, they're going to have to play on the road. And you also look at some of the teams that they could match up against. There's a world where they welcome in the Green Bay Packers on wild Card week, and that's the two and the seven. I don't think they'd be comfortable in that one, too, because you're going up against a quarterback and Jordan Love that had just had his heat check game and could get hot at the right time. And so, bar in sort of a run to the NFC Championship game, which the Cowboys desperately need, I don't think Cowboys fans are too comfortable right now at all.
0: Great stuff as always, Mark. We appreciate it. I know we went a little bit long, but I appreciate you hanging around with us. And then next week, it's certainly going to set up to be an interesting uh, couple of weeks as we get into wild card and divisional rounds.
1: Always a blast, my friend. Thanks so much. Enjoy week 18, Bill.
0: Appreciate it, Mark. Talk to you soon. There you go. Mark Schofield, SB Nation, joining us for a couple of minutes and uh, giving us the lowdown and his thoughts around the rest of the NFL. And you can catch his podcast, like he said, on Mondays. They uh, they air it, and it's uh, a look around the NFL, just like we basically did. But man just good good stuff good good stuff 877-867-1670 you want to find us hit us up we'd love to hear from you again 877-867-1670 the ICHC Irish Cultural Heritage Center they have got a lot of great concerts still to come but coming up in March on March 16th the night before St. Patrick's Day Saturday night Cynthia is coming to town and if you have not gotten tickets for it yet get your tickets if you have not heard them I I encourage you to go find them somewhere like on YouTube or something. But it is a party, party, Irish-themed band. And it is going to be a blast. They're kind of Cajun, they're kind of country, they're kind of rock, and they're kind of Irish. And it's just a blast. We're going to be going. We've got, uh, I think, about 20 people that are going with us. And we're going to have a blast. But at the ICHC.net, they always have good music and events going on. But if you're looking for a concert, a wedding, a meeting space, whatever it happens to be, they've got it, and they've got it inexpensively inexpensively in that beautiful old Celtic church that they've converted into this big hall. If you haven't seen it, go take a look at it. ICHC.net. That is ICHC.net. Good stuff. More than the Bill Michaels. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket. This is the Bill Michael show
1: on the Wisconsin sports zone radio network.
0: Welcome back. Good to have you. In about a month, we're going to be heading off to Las Vegas. Compliments of many of our fine sponsors, but one of our best, Hello windows and doors. Fellow windows and doors in Wisconsin. And, you know, I've been talking about these windows and doors in my home for a long, long time. And last year I had the great big patio door. Replaced down in the great room, and it made a huge, huge difference in my energy bill last year, specifically in just keeping the heat in that room down there. And I talked about that uh, for a long time. I mean, because I, the proof is in the pudding there, and replacing your drafty windows and doors right now can dramatically lower your energy cost. And Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin, they offer some of the best, if not the best. I mean, I swear by them, uh, whether it's just the uh, curb appeal the value to your home, the economical factor, or what I like is the safety factor, being able to put your head on your pillow at night and knowing nobody's getting in that house because everything's all locked up. You can kick away that January blues when you choose to book by the 31st. 0% interest for up to 36 months. You heard it right. No interest, 36 months. If you book by January 31st, you can get that free in-home consultation. They'll come right to your place. It's just awesome, whether it's the wood windows, the patio doors, Um, they have all kinds of great craftsmanship, endless possibilities when it comes to interior, exterior hardware, different designs, roll screens. I mean, just slider windows. They got everything. They got so much cool stuff. Choose traditional contemporary. You can start enjoying a warmer home with lower energy bills, just like I did. Uh, 0% interest, 36 months, but you got a book by January 31st. Go to PellaWI.com. That is Pella. WI.com, or simply call 855-PELLA-WI. That's 855-PELLA-WI. Our good friends at Pella, Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. They're the ones, like I said, that take us out to Las Vegas, and we enjoy a whole week of Radio Row broadcast leading you right up to Super Bowl. So good, good stuff from our friends at Pella. 877-867-1670. Now, i got to get back to the question that we had just before the top of the hour about which of the Paul Allen calls – I enjoy and I got to admit there's you know the call that we heard earlier the uh, the pool catch from Arizona which knocked the Minnesota Vikings out of the postseason Uh, there's the Blair Walsh kick and uh, which he goes wide left I believe it's wide left and they uh, ended up getting beat by Seattle in the uh, postseason which it was just basically a chip shot and Blair Walsh had been the guy that they uh, they brought in and he was supposed to be the kicker extraordinaire and then there is the the uh the uh, Brett Favre call when he throws the interception at the end of the ball game and it's the infamous uh, this is not Detroit man this is a super bowl but i had kind of f- forgot about the blair walsh call so let's harken back shall we let's go back in the time machine this is the uh, blair walsh missed kick that cost the minnesota vikings their postseason
2: Blair Walsh from 27 yards left hash snap good spot down Walsh's kick is up and it is no good he missed it are you kidding me the season can't end like that he missed it left
0: and the Seattle Seahawks are off to Charlotte Blair Walsh missed a 27 yard field goal and the Minnesota Vikings are going to lose 10 to 9. Ten to nine, and I mean it was. He was just waiting for it to say it's good, and then they're off to Charlotte and advancing, and and
2: <laughs> oh my god! I'm watching uh, the video. I know it was yeah. cold at TCF that day. That was an yes.
0: awful kick. It was terrible. <laughs> it was. He just missed it. <laughs> he just mishit it, man. He was all amped up, and uh, you know one of the things I learned from Mason Crosby over the years is it's just timing, head down, watch the hit, just like playing golf. Timing, head down, watch the hit. And he was clearly looking up and thinking it was going to split the uprights and he was going to be a hero, and instead it goes wide. And uh, the end of their season uh, came up quick and uh, furious. And then there's the Brett Favre pick in the NFC Championship game against the New Orleans Saints. And this is the infamous call by Paul Allen on this one.
2: Brett Favre goes back to pass, he pumps, now he fires over the middle, intercepted. I can't believe what I'm seeing right now. It was intercepted
0: by Tracy Porter, near side to the 40, and John Sullivan runs him down at the 47-yard line. You've got to be kidding me, I can't believe what I just saw. Looking at that
2: play, he should have just held on to it, Paul, he should have. He could have easily gotten five or six yards if he would have just pulled that thing down and dove forward. But why do you even ponder passing? I mean, you can take a knee and try a 56-yard field goal.
0: This is not Detroit, man. This is the Super Bowl. <laughs> That's so still,
2: good. It's so that good. That is
0: still the best because the anger, the anger there. It's not like Blair Walsh misses. He's like, oh, the kid just missed. Oh, God. You know? Then the pool catch. I mean, he's like, and a touchdown. No. You know, he's just like, I can't believe it. It was an incredible catch. Give him credit. But this is like your... You could have just pulled it down. You could have taken a knee. You could have picked up five yards.
2: What the hell? Because it's Longwell in a dome, right? At that point, like you feel okay about your chances there. But that's Brett Favre. Like that's the Brett Favre experience in a nutshell.
0: God, that was that's still the best. Uh, You know, out of all the calls, that's still the best. Maybe it's because Favre's in it. I don't know. But that that's that's still the best. And I love Paul. I'll tell him about it every time I see him. So <laughs> but that, yeah, out of my favorites that's that's got to be my favorite uh, i I do the anticipation for the kick to split the uprights from Blair Walsh, you can hear it in his voice like, this is a formality. We're winning this game. Here we go, you know, and then for it to just go to hell like that, Oh my goodness, so uh going back to our caller just before the top of the hour, it says, "Which one is your favorite i I still just tearing up brett Favre. (laughs) you could have taken a knee man this is not detroit this is the super bowl oh my goodness that uh that still takes the cake for me so there you have it we're gonna take a quick break on that note we'll be back more to come right after this ready this is the bill michael show on the wisconsin sports zone radio network
2: what's better than free
1: Ho, 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 oh, I need new window.
0: Baby,
2: it's cold outside.
0: So where do I go? Ho, ho! Come
2: on, Santa, go to Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Now is the time to replace your leaky windows and doors. You and Mrs. Claus can get your new windows while putting no money down, no payments, and no interest for up to 18 months. Unwrap this gift now, but pay for it later. More jingle that stays in my pocket. That's right, Santa! Plus, our elves install year-round, and in as little as one day. Pella offers lines in luxurious wood to fiberglass and vinyl.
0: Why not make a New
2: Year's resolution today? That's the spirit, Santa! Pella, no! Pay later! Absolutely! Put no money down, no payments, and no interest for up to 18 months. But you have to hurry. Offer ends December 31st. Schedule your free consultation today at PellaWI.com. Certain restrictions apply. See sure show for details. Offer ends 1231-2023. The
0: Welcome back. Michael's Show. Hey, if you are uh, looking for a venue, maybe the the significant question was popped over the holidays and you're looking for a venue, and uh, there's a lot of them that are out there, but our friends over at Smoke on the Water remind you that that new downstairs that they renovated this past year is beautiful, and they've done a lot there. And if you are looking for a wedding venue, a reception venue, whatever it happens to be, get a hold of them. It's right there on the water, especially in the summertime. You open up the, the garage doors, and you're right on the lake, and it's just, it's a really cool scene. Uh, but get a hold of our friends at Smoke on the Water in Okachi Lake out in Okachi, Wisconsin. But if you're looking for just a good place to go to, a good old-fashioned Wisconsin bar. That's Sloppy Joe's Saloon and Spoon on Hubertus in Hubertus. Both places absolutely fantastic. And uh, thanks to Joe and Ellen. Also, a part of our, uh, our coverage when we head out to uh, Las Vegas for the Super Bowl this season. So thanks to them. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Yes, in case you did not know, uh, you've got Jordan Love being named the NFC Offensive Player of the Week for what he did in uh, Minneapolis this past weekend. So kudos to him, and uh, he gets uh, the recognition. He gets seventy two point seven percent completion percentage, two hundred and fifty six yards, four touchdowns, no picks, and a quarterback rating of one twenty five point three. So the offensive player, the NFC Offensive Player of the Week this week for uh for the Green Bay Packers. Uh it's I was going through the Packers Bears notes. Uh, the one thing somebody down in Chicago forgot to uh say, oh by the way they're not playing the Falcons this week <laughs> because they still have the Packers logo but listed as the Falcons. So which it's no big deal. I know who they're talking about, but you know, usually those things are <laughs> It's like usually an intern's job, you know, that goes through all the analytics and the notes and they just fill in the blank and then they set out the template, and then somebody proofreads it. Somebody just missed it. They've got the Packers logo, but it says uh, Falcons at the top. But in many particular cases, um, the, uh, the, this is a hell of a matchup. And here's the reason why. Uh, the Bears have won five straight games at home to wrap up the season, and the last time that they won five in a row was going all the way back to 2018. It's also the third time since 2000 that they won at least five straight home games in a season as well, and they're coming off a 37-17 win over the Falcons from last week at Soldier Field, and the Packers, they beat Minnesota. We know that. The Packers-Bayers rivalry, one of the oldest running rivalries in the NFL, dates back to nineteen twenty one. The two teams are going to be meeting for the 206th regular season game, and with Green Bay right now, Green Bay's up uh, 11 wins, as a matter of fact, in this rivalry. Uh, uh, 105-94-6 is the record for uh, the Green Bay Packers. The Bears are going to close out the regular season in Green Bay for just the second time, all time, in this series. And the two teams have had six weeks, uh, six Week 17 matchups since 1920. So a lot of history, obviously, between these two franchises. And the Bears are looking to continue their... They're winning ways, but they have been really good at home where their losses have come, have been on the road. So when you look at these two teams and the matchups between them, it's been the road that has been somewhat of the bugaboo for the uh, for the Chicago Bears. And uh, the Packers, you know, at home, obviously they've been good, but, uh, you, you know, they had a couple of losses that you didn't want to take. And you know the first match between these two teams. It was an impressive win by the Green Bay Packers. It was an eye-opening win for Packers fans for life after Aaron Rodgers. And uh, can the Packers now, with uh, them showing up and playing pretty well uh, in Minneapolis, and obviously with the Bears playing well down the stretch, can the Packers keep it up and not knock off a, a surging Bears team, for lack of a better term? Both teams right now, <clears throat> excuse me, both teams right now tied at seven and nine. Tied at seven and nine. Uh, On the season and, or excuse me, um, uh, Packers at eight and eight uh, Minnesota and Chicago tied at seven and nine Chicago trying to end their season on a high note. And if Detroit gets a win over Minnesota, then the bears for the first time in a long time will have climbed out of the basement of the NFC North and will end on now the bears could end up at um, eight or uh, nine, uh, seven and 10. And Minnesota could end up seven and ten. Um, Minnesota right now, I think, has the tiebreaker between the two. So, but if uh, you know Chicago gets a win and Minnesota takes a loss, then they could climb themselves out of the doldrums of the basement. They would end up with the same record as the Green Bay Packers, as a matter of fact. So, a lot riding on this one when it comes to the matchup between these two teams this coming weekend. And you got a coach in Matt Lafleur who's gone through a lot of, um, I want to say ups and downs, but, you know, some scrutiny this season. Certainly Matt Eberflus, um, many seem to think that he may not even survive this season at the end of it. So we'll wait and see what happens down in Chicago if they, you know, choose again to go in another different direction. But, uh, but you know, both coaches trying to trying to keep
2: the teams on the track, so to speak. You know what I think's on the line this weekend, Bill? I haven't heard anyone bring this up. I think that the Packers need to uh, take a little bit of a stand and hold the line. At Lambeau late in the year, because three years ago, think about the last couple of years. Three years ago, Buccaneers come in NFC Championship game, get them at Lambeau. Two years yep. ago, the Niners come in, get them at Lambeau. Last year, I know it wasn't technically a playoff game, but the Lions come in in a de facto playoff game, get them at Lambeau. Let's bring back the Lambeau mystique. All right, all yeah. this this group of young players we're kind of starting a new era. Let's let's bring back the Lambeau mystique. I, I hate the teams come in here at the end of the year and knock us off and end our season in Green Bay.
0: What? Uh, here's the thing. What? How long does it take you to create the mystique? Because the mystique, I'll never forget being there when Atlanta and Michael Vick ran wild over the Green Bay Packers and basically blew up the mystique of anything below 34 degrees the Packers never lost. I remember that day where, where all our chins were on the table going, what the hell just happened? And since then, it's been a crapshoot at best. But what
2: at what point do you call it mystique again? So I don't know. I, 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 I wasn't around when it was originally named the Lambeau Mystique. En- enlighten right. me on why it was called that, where that came from, because that's just because a word that I've heard the, recently. The, pack,
0: the Packers had never lost if it was 34 degrees or less. Uh, they had never lost. Um, it, it was just it was a cold-weather place where in the postseason they just didn't lose games. And so everybody just assumed that when Atlanta got the win, and Michael Vick was coming here and it was gonna be, you know, 30 degrees outside or colder. Everybody just thought, this is gonna be a gimme. It's just because. And Michael Vick came in and ran wild over that defense. And I'll I'll never forget doing the postgame show. We just you just took it for granted that anything below 34 degrees, the Packers were gonna get a win. It that's just the way it was. And when they lost that game, it was like the invincibility of the Green Bay Packers organization was gone. Suddenly the emperor had no no clothes when it came to playing at home. And, man, it just, I, I just, i it, it was, it was just, uh, like I said, it, it was like all of a sudden Superman didn't have a cape, you know, and then you're like, well, what the hell do we have to hang our hats on now? Because you just couldn't wait for a, a game at Lambeau in the winter. They were automatically winning. Uh, but it was, they never had lost. I, and I can't remember how many years it was. It was like, it was 20, 30 years, something like that, that they had not lost a game in 34 degree or less temperatures or below 34 degrees. So it's going to take a while to get the, the mystique back, but I agree. It's got to start somewhere. I agree with you. Why not now? It's got to start somewhere.
2: With a new era of young players, let's let's start it over. Let's let's bring that back. I don't know. I, I just I'm a little sick of the Packers season. The battle cry ending. Yeah, with a home loss at Lambeau in the cold. That's where we're supposed to be. Twenty twenty one was a little different because there was no crowd there. And the yeah. rest of my life, I'm just going to be pissed that the one year Tom Brady goes on the road in the playoffs. There's no fans in the stands, but that's a whole separate thing.
0: Yeah, I remember. You know, I remember going to St. Louis uh, against the greatest show on turf and Favre throwing six interceptions. I remember that. I remember 4th and twenty-six being in the press box in Philadelphia. I remember that. Uh, And those losses were were crushing, the 4th and twenty-six thing especially. But I'll never forget sitting at Lambeau Field and watching that whole thing just fall apart. And that was the first time that we kind of looked at Brett Favre as susceptible as well because we're like, yeah, Favre doesn't lose at home. You know, it just doesn't happen. And suddenly it was not a great game. And you knew that good Favre or bad Favre could show up, but Vic, they just couldn't catch him. And, and you could see the distinction between speed of Michael Vick and the, in, the non-speed, I guess, might be the best way to put it, of the, of the defense. And you just – I remember watching that thinking, wow, it's, it's, it's a new era, man. Because, I mean, you go back to the running quarterbacks. Randall Cunningham was really the first real running quarterback that you could remember. And even he was slowed down specifically with some knee injuries towards the end of his his career. And then you had Dante Culpepper, who not only could run but could throw and was big and strong. He was like a Ben Roethlisberger type to where he could just shed blocks and still be able to move the football for the Minnesota Vikings. But they just couldn't get past uh, the Packers and others when it came to the postseason. Uh, But when Michael Vick came in and did it, it was like, wow, it was – I'll just never forget it. It was because you had nothing to lean on. Because Favre got beat. They got beat at home. They got beaten in weather that was significantly in favor of them. And then everything became human. And it was just like, wow. Just, woof. For as, for as great as Favre was, uh, late in his career at home in the cold, he looked cold. Same, with, same thing with Rodgers. Rod, I mean, as time goes on and guys get older, especially when they get up near 40 years old, uh, the cold affects them differently than it does the young guys. Because you don't see those quarterbacks coming out without shirts on. You know, when we – when you would – when we – I was at the NFC Championship game that was played uh, in uh, in Green Bay against the Giants, and you saw guys coming out bare-chested, man. And you're like, Shh, boy, you got to kind of eat it like candy. you got to get mentally ready. And then you saw Favre come out. He was one of the last guys out of the tunnel. Didn't want to come out and throw. Didn't want to, you know. And you just kind of felt it like, ooh, this guy's already cold. Same thing with Rodgers. Rodgers came out. He was a leader. But in that game, in the Snow Globe game against San Francisco, in the game against Tom Brady and company uh, for Tampa Bay, looked cold in both of those games. Really just looked cold in both of those games. And then when Favre's career ended, remember, it ended at TCF Bank Stadium, kind of curled up in the fetal position uh, when he ended up going down with an ankle injury. But he got crushed. But he looked miserable in that game, his last season in Minneapolis. So. You know, the cold effects, I think, uh, affects the older guys more than it does the younger guys. But I agree with you. you got to start somewhere with Mystique. And if I, maybe I'm out on the floor. Maybe that's what I start building. We're going to bring back the Lambeau Mystique. We're going to start winning games in cold weather. We're going to keep home field advantage. I mean, you always want to win at home. There's always an emphasis there. But maybe that becomes your, your, your rally cry, you know, other than just getting to the postseason. But it's reestablishing yourself at Lambeau Field as a Packer and putting pride back in the the terminology of green bay. So, uh 8778671670. Head of This is the Bill Michael show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone radio network. Good to have you back. Bill Michael show. Rockin' on! Hey, by the way, uh, speaking of rockin' on, every uh, other week now, uh, they've got Granny Bingo going on at Social House West Lisbon Road. Man, how many follow follow them on Facebook? But Granny Bingo—they got all kinds of stuff going on over there. They always have an event of some kind. Watch parties for football on the weekends, and they're always giving away stuff. They're always doing charitable stuff. Uh, But Granny Bingo every other week now. It starts next week. I think it starts next Monday, as a matter of fact. And uh, you can also get signed up uh, because coming in the spring, they have the uh, Social House Golf League. You can get involved with that. They usually have bags tournaments that are going to be going on and a bunch of different fundraisers. But Social House, great place. West Lisbon Road, Menominee Falls. That's the Social House, H-A-U-S, Social House. And uh, Dan Dell and his staff are great people. The Tiger Burger, I recommend. I was craving that the other day, big time. Didn't get a chance to, well, actually, we did get over there two, about a week and a half ago, but I uh, didn't get over there this weekend. I was kind of craving that, though. Uh, coming up after the top of the hour, we're going to hear from uh, Rob Reichel from Forbes.com and Conley Media, going to be joining us. We'll talk with him about his thoughts on this Packers team as we uh, look down the barrel of the Chicago Bears coming to town. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about the possibility of the postseason, the play of Jordan Love, his thoughts on all of that, and then obviously the uh, the discussion of the defense, and uh, what else is going on behind uh, behind closed doors and get his thoughts on everything that is Green Bay and what to expect towards the postseason. Uh, so that's coming up here in just a few minutes. Stay tuned for that. About three, four minutes away from Rob Reichel. I uh, got one here from Mark. Mark said, uh, thank you. You made my day. Listening to Paul Allen's anguish made me smile. Uh, I, too, have met Paul. I like Paul. He's a good guy. Uh, but hearing the, Viking, hearing the Vikings call and knowing the fans have problems, with their team, once again, it's always nice to hear the Super Bowl trophy case will remain empty. I forgot to put the word case in there. Super Bowl case will remain empty. Um, This is from Mark. Uh, no, that, I, read, I read that earlier. This is from – who's this from? This is from Jackson. Jackson says, uh, will the Packers' defense hold up in the postseason uh, if they get there? I think it's all going to come down to what Joe Barry does, not necessarily what Jordan Love does. You know what? All you got to do is be good. You don't have to be great if you got a good defense or a good offense. Could could sure, certainly they could get wins. They could get win right now Philadelphia's not playing good football. So Philadelphia they go to Philadelphia they could win in Philadelphia. I don't know if they can win in Dallas or San Francisco to be honest with you. They could win in Detroit. But I don't I, I don't I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Let's do this. We'll maybe ask that question to Rob Reichel when we come back. Stick around. Another hour of the Bill Michaels Show yet to go. Rob Reichel up next. We'll be back right after this.